I'm a young black man Doing all that I can To stand Oh, but when I look around And I see what's being done to my kind Every day I'm being hard to this prey My people don't want no trouble We've had enough struggle I just want to live, God protect me, I just want to live, I just want to live. I just read a tweet from Ice Cube and apparently he was scheduled to appear on Good Morning America this morning but he tweeted out that he is not in the mood to tell America good morning and that for me is so accurate and totally um, depicts how instances of police brutality on black men unarmed black men um, really makes you feel it's redundant it's old it's exhausting um, it's disheartening and to be completely honest, it's causing uh, me to lose faith. And just to be frank, my faith is wavering. And I know that God promises to take care of us. And I know that God promises to uh, protect us from evil. But I'm starting to think that I'm starting to just kind of, I don't know, I'm just I'm over it. I'm completely, completely over it. Um, I have black cousins, obviously. I have black brothers. I have fathers. And I have a husband who is a black man, a tall, strong black man who is law-abiding, who is considerate, who is kind. And he is a threat He's a threat just for being who he is, just for how he was born. He's a threat. As a teacher, I um, I work with young students, young kids, black and white, Asians, like Spanish, just, I don't know, Hispanic. I don't even know. Like I work with every, every kid and I give them information that's relevant to the context that I teach. And for my black boys, I really am intentional about explaining to them how essential it is for them to take ownership of their learning and use it as an advantage to get them as far as they desire to go. But even with that, they are still a threat. That that story is, is very old. Um, I'm grieved honestly, at the concept that it doesn't matter what you did or what you did not do. You can be killed by people who are put in place to protect you. That's that's saddening. I'm really disappointed that my little brother, my little cousin, just for being them, they're, they're, they're causing fear. Um... It's just disappointing. I try not to watch 
too much of the news because, again, it's redundant. I try not to get lost in Twitter threads because, again, it's disappointing. It's redundant. I'm not sure what I can do besides continue to pray. But, again, when your faith is wavering, it's difficult to pray powerful prayers. It's just very disappointing. Um, I'm sad. I'm hurt. I'm heavy. And I I don't know what to do. So I've been thinking all day about where I'm at, where I feel like as a, as a people we're at and I guess tired is, it doesn't really even describe it. I don't know if there are words to truly describe how I feel when I look on social media, when I open up my phone, when I turn on the TV, when I just talk to people. You know, I, on one side of the coin, I, I see all these people that want to support, that want to help, but have no idea what it feels like. On the other side, I see people that are just making excuses and saying things that are genuinely hurtful to me. But I know that I'm never going to be able to, 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 I feel like I'm never going to be able to impact them positively or bring any kind of change. And so there's so many, so often I feel stuck. I feel like that I have a voice. I have something I can say, but will it ever truly ring loud enough? Am I uh, able to, 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 bring, to bring enough knowledge, awareness? Because um, I think about the fact that I want to, to, to be a father and I want to bring someone into this world and knowing that that's something I'm opening up my children to. I'm opening up and saying yes. This is something you'll deal with. Yes, you know, and it, it is as, as weird as it may sound, I'm fearful that I'm the first time I leave my child alone to do something, there is going to be something that I can't protect them from. And that is the thing that my brain just keeps going to every time I see someone else die, every time I see someone else marginalized, that is, that is hurt, that is, that is damaged, that is beaten, that is bruised. I'm angered, I'm infuriated, I'm broken, I'm sad, and I so often feel helpless. And I know that's a lie. I know that there are things I can do. I know that there's things that, I, ways that I can be a part, but it is so tiring. And so often I feel like I'm surrounded by people that just don't see it. I don't understand that I've never been there, that I've never had to wrap their minds around what it may feel like to be in the situation that I live in every single day. You know, a couple weeks ago, I made a video that talked about how it felt to be just a black man in America that was surrounded by people that just don't see it, that don't understand the effects of racism, that don't understand the effects of hate. And not even two weeks later, another nationally, nationally publicized murder happens 
And this time we see it clear as day. There were other people that are making excuses about Ahmad and that were trying to say that it wasn't and trying to paint this other narrative. But here, clearly, someone is killed in front of our faces. And yet and still, I turn on social media and I see things and there are people yet again that are making excuses, that are trying to paint this other narrative and don't understand that hate is hate. It isn't, there is no middle ground. There is no gray area. When you kill, when you take a life, that is something that is infuriating, that is sickening, that is hurtful. And so often I am just crippled. I'm overwhelmed. I am saddened. Because people don't seem to understand, that don't seem to care, that are asleep, that are walking around, but asleep, that are saying they want change, but do nothing, that don't even hurt, that can look at that photo, that can watch that video and feel nothing. They are numb to what is going on. And I just want to say to anyone that may be listening to this, they may be going through something, they may be confused. If you are walking around and you feel nothing, I pray that you check where you are and you check your heart. That if you can watch something like that and feel nothing, there is something wrong. I know that I said that I feel crippled. And I feel stuck a lot of times, but I know that I cannot stay where I'm at. We cannot stay where we are, that I I will raise a family and I will have children and I am going to bring them into this world and I'm going to do everything in my power to make them have a life that is effective and that is beautiful and that is one that is going to bring so much joy. I refuse to stay where I'm at. I recognize that. But there are so many people that know where they are, that know what they're going through, that know they are not doing anything or they're not doing enough and they're okay with staying stuck. And that is what hurts my heart the most. The people are okay with living and being stuck in a cycle of hate. I wish there was one word that I could say that would sum up both my emotions, my frustrations, my feelings, my thoughts. Every single time I see a headline, another social media posting, another news broadcast of yet another black body being murdered. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I can't even put into words because I'm just trying to fight to not be numb. I told myself on uh, Tuesday, I told my heart, don't get used to this. I literally told myself, don't get used to this after getting off the phone um, with a friend of mine who brought me 
the news that yet another person, George Floyd, had been murdered. And it's like, what is it going to take? You know what I mean? Like, what? How is it not real to anybody else? I think I I posted maybe on my Instagram, you know, that we go on and we live our earthly lives. And it just shouldn't be. I think about my two brothers. I think about my nephew. I think about just all all the people that are close to me, my family my people and and it's frustrating that people that I live my life with every day don't give it a second thought white people that I live my life with every day don't even give it a second thought it's like I don't even want to hear don't even check on me I don't I don't want that <laughs> I don't want it I don't want it because it's it just feels fleeting to be honest and I'm hurt. I'm hurt, but I'm just trying my best not not to numb, I think. Yeah. Trying my best not to numb. And I'm trying not to be cynical. And I'm trying to remain hopeful. And I'm trying to remain faithful. But I really don't know how many more of these that I can take. I don't know how many more of these that we can take as a people. And I don't know how many more of these, honestly, that the nation can take before. a response I think currently in this moment I just feel a quiet anger where do we begin I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired it's a time right now where where change should have been inspired, change should have come, and it hasn't, and it's not. We're still going backwards. We're still dealing with the same issues that we're still dealing with, and we're not progressively working through them. We make We take two steps back, or excuse me, we take one step forward, two steps forward, three steps forward, and take five, six, seven, eight, ten steps backwards. I've gone through an array of emotions the last, you know, not even just 24 hours, but probably the last, you know, last, uh, last couple of weeks between, uh, between the two incidents. And it's just, I'm sick and I'm so sick and tired. It's, you know, I'm 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 angry. I'm angry that that this is still 
not even just acceptable, but that this is still something that people are that that people are getting away with. Social injustice is real and we're not and we're not and, and we're not we're slapping it on the wrist. You know, you lose your man loses his life and and, you know, someone loses their job. And, you know, I still see people posting about the riots and the and the reaction to, uh, you know, to the incident. I can't even I can't even come to, to really name it, but just to the incident. And. You know, people are, are deflecting. They're, they're, they're talking about things that, that really don't matter. Yeah, it is. A, is a shame. That's you know, rioting and. And destroying the city, that is not going to, that's not going to help us go in the direction that we need to go in. But that's not the root of the issue. That's merely a reaction, a violent reaction to this, to the injustice that that's taking place. I'm, I'm, frust- I'm frustrated. I'm so frustrated that, that so many, that so many people still are afraid to to step forward and not just not necessarily black people but, but all people of all races um yes we're we're, we're trying some are trying to band together but i i honestly believe that that people are in a safe place or in a protected place or a place that they are not affected by this and they don't ask the question what can they do they don't have somebody to 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 bounce questions off of they don't reach out to people that that can help them get those uh questions answered they just assume and and make and they make assumptions that's not that's not going to get us anywhere for myself i reached out to six seven eight of my closest white friends and i gave them the invitation and i said hey real change needs to needs to come you have questions about racism. You have cl- uh, questions about the African-American, the black race. You have questions about the, the crap that's going on in this world right now. Give me a shout. Shoot me a text and I'll take care of the rest. We'll have a conversation about it and begin to mend that fence. And I think if everybody can do that in their tribe that they're in, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get somewhere. Uh, you know, then fear, fear came over me a little bit. Fear of the fact that I got kids that I'm raising in these times and they could be subjected to that. I have biracial kids. So what side are they going to lean on? How are they going to deal with this? You know, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, they're going to, you know, you, you could run into confusion. Maybe you know, I, I tend to look at the, the latter and say, hopefully that they can see that they get the best of call it both worlds. And hopefully they don't, you know, get the negatives of the of the of the worst parts of them. And more importantly, I have to prepare them for that. This world is ugly right now and it doesn't look like it's going to get better right now. So I have to prepare them for that. And I'm dreading those conversations that I'm going to have with my sons about about how they view the black man. The the fear that that is instilled in the sense of the fact uh, and the fact that their skin is a little bit darker. Yeah, they're light skinned, but you, especially my oldest son, you look at him, you, hey, he gets in the sun a little bit. You're going to know that, that uh, he can pass for just being a, a, a black kid. 
And I think right now in this world, it's, I don't know, at, at this point, sometimes I just, I go speechless because I, I, I really, I try not to, hopelessness, hopelessness is what has come over me right now. And it's like, will it ever change? And part of me is determination, determination saying that, hey, we can't give up. We got to keep fighting. We have to we have to keep fighting a good fight and all those uh, positive affirmations. That, yeah, that's great. But, you know, you got some real we got some real work we got to get done. You know, people got to start getting real. My wife and I had this conversation that, you know, that somebody down the street is. Is race call it? They're racist. You know, you know, you had that. They're racist. I was like, oh man, how you know that? And and it was a comment that they posted on Facebook. And the way that I feel right now, like I try not to be so reactive, but anybody who who begins to deflect in these situations with mob with uh, Justin Floyd, like like all of it, like no, I'm not sitting back and being silent. I'm gonna check you. All day. Because nobody has. Period. We have to be we have to be strong. And strength sometimes, yeah, strength is sometimes turning the cheek and being the you know uh, being the stronger person by showing love. Yeah, there's there's that, but there's there's also. Um, being bold, not being aggressive, but letting standing your ground, you know, standing up for what is right. And what's going on is not right. So all of our voices need to be heard. Change needs to happen. Like right, like yesterday, like years ago. I'm angry. I'm emotional, I'm mad, I'm bothered, I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to say another name. I am tired of saying names, and yet their names deserve to be said. Brianna, Ahmad, George. Chris Cooper, who fortunately didn't have an awful fate, but he could have. I was scrolling through my social media feed this morning, half awake and half sleep, and I ran across another incident. It seems a 26-year-old white man boy chased a black delivery driver and shot him in an instant he took him away from his family but later in the day I couldn't remember whose story it was and so I googled to try to remind myself of the details and was faced with a horrible fact The one story I read this morning wasn't the story. It was one of many. And the names become blurred and families become forgotten. And I am so 
tired. I cannot edit another thought. I cannot be PC once again. I do not and do not, I do not represent anyone except I do. I represent our ancestors and my ancestors. Those who fought, those who believed, those who taught me that I am more than enough. Who also instilled in me that I am responsible to contributing, to making a difference. I literally have spent half my life doing this work. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining by any stretch of the imagination. I am just saying that I have been doing it for a long time and I am tired and exhausted (laughs) and overwhelmed. I'm scared. I do not know what to do. And yet I know what to do. I can't stop. And yet I feel like I have to. From every angle, every perspective, every single vantage point, I am in conflict. There literally does not seem to be an area, a piece of my life right now that is not hard. And I know I'm resilient and strong and I come from a people that have persevered and trudged along and made it happen. And I can too. But I'm tired of being the one that always has to make it work out. I want to contribute and I'm tired of contributing and I want my voice to be heard and I'm tired of being the one to speak. What do you do when you are both expected and exhausted at the exact same time? I'm not sure. So, yeah, this is rambly. This is (laughs) scattered. It's unfocused and it is really raw. So, in light of everything that I have said, believe it or not, I'm still hopeful. I'm glad. I'm fortunate. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm honored. (laughs) Because I know I can hold this tension and help figure a way out. My current feelings, my thoughts, my emotions as it pertains to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and the continued list 
of black lives leaving this world too early because of police brutality, racism, and systemic oppression. Um, my feelings, uh, I feel traumatized, uh, tearful, heartbroken, and bewildered. Traumatized because uh, the images keep on playing over and over in my mind. Um, it's not a just a personal trauma. I feel like it's a collective trauma. It's a nation. It's a, a world um, being openly traumatized, being placed in our news feeds, our social media feeds. Um, I'm tearful um, because there's something that has hit my soul in a way that I haven't um, been hit in a very long time. Um, I mean, I spent a, this earlier this morning just in tears and yesterday in, in tears, just tearfully coming before God, asking for the way forward in all of this. I'm heartbroken and bewildered. Um, Why does it have to come to this for people to respond? Um, and bewildered that that this is this is the way the way of our world right now. Um, my thoughts. I hear the Exodus story repeating in my mind and heart over and over again. I could just sense the the Moses and Israelite experience just being perpetuated in my spirit. Let my people go. Let my people be free. Let us be able to just live freely without the restrictions, without the fear-mongering, without the psychological warfare without the oppression. Um, I also just think about the story and the plagues. And I just think, how many more plagues would have to hit for people's hearts to turn? And there's also a part of me that just also just wants like, God, do you need to send plagues? Do you need to do something in a drastic way? Do we need to be a part of that to make the shift? I find myself wanting to be more involved in justice work and be more proactive in what I do. I wanna be in collaboration with people who are organizing, who are, are focused, who are well-versed, that are educated, that are working their their best, um, that have heart, that are truly desiring and truly humble in their disposition and really want true justice to come. Um, I want my white friends to care more and be more involved. It's another thought of mine. 
Um, I've never been one to want to have any form of conflict or delve into anything that feels conflicting or um, have anything that pushes anyone away or have any sense of that. Um, Always about unity, always about peace. Um, But I'm also a person that that's a face-to-face conversation kind of person. And I would just ask my friends who are, who are Christ followers especially, who are white, I just ask for your, your investment, involvement, and choice to, to be unafraid, to step into some very uncomfortable spaces to challenge other white people that I couldn't ever really challenge in the way that you could. My emotions, I'm energized and resolute, energized and resolute and and that I feel like I need to move forward and I need to be more involved and connected. I feel like I'm alert. I'm seeing things a little bit more clearly and wanting to act upon that. I feel very compelled. I uh, have a compelled spirit to learn and act. Um, and take the necessary small steps every day. Um, to talk to people. To continue to be uncomfortable. Even though what I really desire is to be comforted. And I'm sure there's many of them in a similar similar space. I'm upset and hypervigilant. And what I mean about this is there's a part of me that's very wary that this would be another case that is dismissed and that is relegated to... Um, a slap on the wrist. Um, there's a part of me that's fearful of the, the, the human psyche that will bow down and, 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 and be worried to the point and tired to the point that we just give in to this is just the way it is. And um, it would be such... I, I'm fearful what would happen if if this case, uh, especially with uh, George Floyd, if it gets dismissed or diminished or the justice of it is not come to fruition, what it would say to the heart of people, what would it say to the mind of those already weary? I'm just so fearful of what it would do. But more than fear, I feel because the love that's inside of me, the hope that's inside of me, I really feel like there's a turning point. There's nothing that says that it should. But what's inside of me I really do believe that there's a turning point. 
and I believe that it's not going to be an individual thing or one person here, one person there. It's going to be a God thing. With his children saying, yeah, we'll say yes to you. We will show the greatest love, which is to lay down our lives for our friends. That's where I'm at right now. I'm just tired. I'm so, so tired. Every day on this news feed, we have to see a black man lose his life at the hands of police officers who are supposed to protect and serve. That is a public office. We pay taxes for their salaries. They're supposed to take care of us. And I don't understand the hate and the aggression and the fear that they have for our skin tone. Why? Why do you hate us so much? Why is it always that you're feeling threatened and, and, and the person is, is, is being aggressive and these men are unarmed? These are our family men, these are brothers and 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 people missing them and you're taking their life. I mean, how do you sleep at night knowing that you took a life? And I just get so frustrated at black legislator People, you know, in these positions, oh, we just need to let justice serve and 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 rioting is not the answer. Okay, rioting may not be the answer, but where does that where does that energy go? Where does that disappointment that hurt the the unjust? Where does that go? Eventually, you got to break something. You got to do something because you feel so powerless powerless to a system that hates us and I just don't understand I'm so overwhelmed I'm so tired I'm so frustrated you got to deal with the virus people are dying you got to fight for money that you work for and these politicians are blaming you for not filling out the forms there's tons and tons and tons of stressors and bullying points and we are still being killed And it ain't Trump. It ain't anybody else's fault. It is the systematic way that black and brown people have been oppressed. And I am here to tell you, people are tired. I am tired. It is time we get to the table and we solve this because it is going to be a division that will cause a lot of harm. We got to get to the root and remove these laws and remove the systematic way that we are being oppressed or it will be a war on our hands amongst ourselves. I am tired. (sighs) I am tired. Black men are tired. I know black women are tired. Even the children are seeing what's happening. 
and they're starting to question things. People are angry. We have done so much in our communities to try and bring a sense of justice or bring a sense of peace. And sometimes it just feels like the government has set us up for failure. And I know that there's indoctrinated practices in the government to sometimes let black people, to to fail people of color, I should say. But I know, I know that I'm tired. I'm tired of yelling. I'm tired of screaming. And just as George Floyd, with the police officer's knee to his neck, said, I can't breathe. Right now, our race as a whole just cannot feel like they can breathe. And it's disheartening. It's really disheartening. Because I believe that black people can be some of the most incredible, amazing people. And that we have a standard that we set in culture and community. You see it um, in the way that uh, popular artists sing or dress or create things. That there is such a prominence and there is such a regality and such a creativity that we have come up with. And um, someone said it best. They, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. And too often we see um, people of color when it comes to justice being put on the back burner. Or even um, white people using their using their privilege to try and get black people killed. Um, just as in the case where a white lady tried to call the police on a black man, even though she was the one that was in the wrong, um, without, with not having a leash on her dog and breaking, you know, public, public park laws. But she tried to use her privilege to have him killed. And she did know that. Um, whether she realized it or whether it was full realization when she did it or whether she realized it later. It was something that was ingrained in her to use that power against a black person. And we're just seeing that too often, even just with comments and videos on the internet that, um, that there are a lot of advocates and non-people of color that are getting it and that are understanding and that are repenting and that are seeing God move in their lives because they're being brought into more focus of what racism is but then you still see and unfortunately this is the hardest part a lot of conservative white christian especially men you do see white um, conservative christian women but a lot of white conservative christian men um, saying that it is an attack on the left or making racism a political thing when it's Racism is not a political thing. It has nothing to do with party lines, whether it's left or right. It is a value that people hold that say, my skin color and my race is greater than yours. And if that's anything, that's an attack against the kingdom of God. Because God is not one to hold a certain specific people above another. And so we especially as black people, we have to come to this realization that um, we are still loved and we are still seen by God, even though what happens on earth cannot be understood and is seen as kind of this 
disheartening factor. Um, we're still known and we're still loved by God. We have to cling fast to that. We have been raised in black culture to see God as a liberator, to see God as a freedom fighter, to see God as the great emancipator, and we have to hold fast to that no matter what. We cannot lose track of that because God, that's who God is at the end of the day. And so I just want to encourage you to remember who God is to you. Remember that he is the liberator, he is the emancipator, he is the comforter, he is the great king who still sits on the throne even in the midst of all this. But to take a moment and process what you're going through and your thoughts and your emotions, just as I still am and I've had to. Um, but but there, there's, there's got to be a give sometime. There's got to be a give. And I'm still holding out for hope. But I will say that I've lost a lot of my hope at the same time. So I'm just praying for peace peace for our community, peace for this world, even in times of quarantine. I'm just speaking peace over every household. So, I don't... I definitely don't... I don't know. I don't even really want to, like, do this recording. Um, (laughs) But... I am in a place where um so like some of the places that have played the audio of the death like did it without a trigger warning and it's crazy because like almost any other podcast or whatever you listen to is like oh hey like there's gonna be some graphic description of this or that um just some kind of warning and it's just interesting to what extent that this is so normalized that any venue at all would just not give some kind of warning and to be fair they gave a warning but it was like the audio had already started and so it was kind of to me too late but anyway so there's that um and then there's just so many other ways where you can see how desensitized to it all people are because just the amount of people sharing the picture of the officer with his knee on his neck and then the other meme that's going around right now is like a picture of like that with Officer Doom is doing, and then like Callan Kaepernick. I don't know why I just said his name like that. Callan, Colin, I don't, can't think of it. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Sorry, kneeling and how it says you know something about like oh this is why Kaepernick kneels, and I'm like, can't you have that meme without the picture of this man dying? Like, can't it still just say, you know, you have your Kaepernick and then the text without this picture? So that's frustrating. Um, It's frustrating that just the people, you know, like one person who posted something And then, like, the next thing was, like, oh, it's National Redhead Day. Um, And so, like, that kind of stuff is, like, 
I don't know. Like, are you posting this picture because you're going to like engage deeply in some way with this content? Or are you posting this picture because you want us all to know that you're like not the person who kills black people? So that's frustrating. Um, I I have two uh, biracial siblings and they both have had some interesting conversations with me this week, which then in turn led to some good conversations with them and my parents. Um, Because my parents really their advice around racial identity has basically just been like be proud um which is great but like doesn't really help day-to-day interactions like that pride doesn't make those things hurt less and so I guess the only I don't I don't even think positive is the right word but the only like thing with a glimmer of hope that has happened because of this whole national conversation is just like my siblings feeling more interested in um not necessarily activism but like trying to figure out how they can help in some way and then the fact that they're finally opening that line of dialogue with my parents because for the most part they talk to me about race but they don't necessarily talk to my parents about race um and then I don't know. I, I I like I deleted my Facebook app off my phone again. I I slipped back into the habits cuz I had it didn't have that app on my phone for years and then there was some one of those apps you need access to like marketplace or something. Um I needed anyway. I needed to download the the app again, and then I just totally fell back into my old patterns of Facebook use. And one of the big issues is just how much people just I don't know. I just was scrolling through Facebook and was very triggered constantly because people are just throwing this picture on the internet like this guy didn't matter. Um, so I deleted the Facebook app and I have to have a Facebook because of another organization that I'm involved in and we have to have a Facebook account for that. But, um, I'm going to go back to how I used to use Facebook, which is just to post articles like once a week. Um, or I'm going to try to anyways. And finally, um... It's just, at what point does this stop, you know? I don't know. The tragedy of the murder of George Floyd is just a reminder of what minorities in America are going through. And the fact that, like, that we're all able to see it, because I I understand people have questions or may assume that 
you know, the black community or certain communities are, you know, exaggerating or going overboard. But we we all saw what happened in this video. And, you know, Will Smith's quote is being echoed and it's, it's just so true. You know, he stated that racism hasn't gotten worse. It's just being filmed like it's just being recorded like this has been happening and it's just now that we are literally able to see it because people are taking the step to pull out their phones and record it happening before their very eyes. And I just think we need to acknowledge the fact, because here's the thing, change can't happen. And we all know that change needs to happen. Like that needs to be the result of this murder and of everything um, else that has come out in the news that we've seen, the stories we've seen in our nation, like change has to be a result, but change can't happen if we don't realize, recognize, acknowledge what the issue is. And so I just want you, whoever is listening to this, would you, I want to ask you a question. Would you be willing to just sit for a moment and acknowledge the fact that just two to three generations ago, like having dark skin disqualified you from voting. It disqualified you from drinking from the same water fountain as white people. It disqualified you from attending the same school, getting the same education level as white people. And then not too many generations before that, African Americans in America were slaves. Like they were slaves. They were people owned by white people. That was a system that was put into place and it was wrong. And so what we have to be willing to acknowledge and recognize is that a nation, even as great as America, can have systems in place that are wrong. Because at one point, slavery was a system that was in place and it was wrong. And today there are still systems in place that have minorities uh, at a large deficit of life where they are not respected or treated the way that white people are, that the average white American is treated. And that stems from the old system of slavery, which has thank God, been abolished. Slavery has been abolished, but racism has not. So in the same way that people stood up against slavery, we need to stand up against racism because it is not right and it needs to change. And the only way that change can happen is if we acknowledge what's wrong and then take steps to fix the problem. I am a believer. I am a Christ follower. I am a Christian. I'm also a multiracial young man, mixed black and white. And I have dealt with racism myself, but I have also dealt with the backlash of standing up against racism because I realized that because of people who stood up against it, I 
am even allowed to be born. I have loving parents who have been married for 25 years that, you know, are one is black and one is white. So I realized the importance of standing up against it. And I've received backlash for that and hatred for that. But what I don't get is how could you be angry and mistreat someone for something that they literally had no control over? No one gets to choose their skin color. So why do you get to choose how people of certain skin color get treated in this nation? The idea of being a black person in America from the concept of your existence, before you're even a thought, you are highly politicized. Should your parents have aborted you? Um, is there an epidemic of murders with, pe- with black people being aborted in this nation? Is it targeted? Are black people ignorant? Are they breeding too much? And then you grow up and if you act up in school, you are a person to watch. You are a nuisance. In some schools, you are even arrested as a child for doing something that a normal child would do. If you're a black boy, and you fit the profile, you could be stopped, arrested, killed. And it's exhausting. It's utterly exhausting to think about every single point in your life as something politicized. Am I going to be an entrepreneur and leave something behind for legacies before, um, after me that didn't have the chance to do this stuff. Am I going to go to college? Am I trying to be the first college-educated person in my family? Do I come from a long line of college-educated black people who paved the way for those before me? Am I going to go to an HBCU? Am I going to go to a PWI? Am I going to prove that black people can be just as smart, just as wise, just as brave as everyone else? Am I going to be a wonderful Christian so that black people aren't all into voodoo, witchcraft, idolatry, to show my white Christian friends that black people can be just as faith-driven, just as spiritual, just as loving, just like Jesus. Everything. It's absolutely everything. And when I see these hashtags, these names, these people, and I see them... I see the video or the picture or the imagery that comes 
with these murders because that's what it is. Call it what you want. Call it an incident. Call it a police officer doing their job. It's a murder. A modern day lynching. And even that, even seeing what's happening right in front of you, people still question. People still politicize it. People still think we have to see all sides of the story because for a black life, you have to see all sides of the story to see what? If I am worthy of being alive? If, if I deserved what happened to me? It's exhausting. It's exhausting having white friends not speak up. It's exhausting to see my church not speak up. It's exhausting to see people I smiled with, had lunch, joked around, prayed for, discuss whether or not the cop was in the right to do this stuff. Because it makes me wonder, what if it was me? Am I, do you see me as a politicized object, a point of reference? Or am I one of those good black people? One of the good Negroes? The ones that you can talk to, the ones that you can share your racist thoughts with? Or do you see me as the black person who makes everything about race? And I'm just unknowest, unknowingest to me, blocked. And you don't see my post. You don't want to see it. You don't want to hear it because it's ignorance, because I'm playing into the Democrat's hand or whatever. And then there's the fact of all the think pieces all the answers, all the interviews, all the papers, all the articles, all the social media posts, all of it. Everyone has something to say about my black life. I can't just be a person. I can't just live my life, fall in love, get angry, have a child, have a family, go to school. It's always about a legacy. It's always about a circumstance. It's always something political. And that's exhausting. That's not a way to live. I'm a circus act. And I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know what to do. I don't know how that affects me long-term. I don't know if this had something to do with my mental health issues. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to move. I don't know how to breathe. I don't know how to have children in a world where their lives are politicized, just like mine was, and just like my parents were, and their grandparents, and those who came before us. 
those who will not be remembered, those who did not get the hashtag, those who do not have the dignity or lack of dignity, depending on who you are, to remember them. I don't know if racism is a sin. I don't know if that's a cop-out. I don't know if that just, by saying it's just a sin, removes it from white moderate Christians' hands. Because by saying it's a sin, you're not God, so you can't really punish or enact anything. But by saying it's a crime, if it even is a crime in this country, does that make it worse? Does that make it more secretive? Every time a new hashtag comes, my heart grows colder in a world where I am not seen as a person. I am seen as a black woman. And not as something to be celebrated, but something to be seen as fearful of. And it's scary. It's scary hearing that in the world and going on Sunday to a church that doesn't share my concerns and telling me that Jesus loves me. How do you connect the two? How? Hey, Miko. Hey. Um, so it's uh, Gerard here, Gerard Worcester. And I appreciate you asking me to do this and just to get my perspective and my just my feelings on what's going on in our country right now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. I think one of the, the biggest things uh, for me, um, one of the biggest things I think has always been the silence of my white friends and and especially the my my Christian white friends it's been the silence it's been whenever I vent or whenever I express something prejudiced or racist happening to me anytime there's always a rebuttal of um but and if but what about but what about and uh, and I understand I understand reasoning but I also understand excusing as well and I feel like it's never been like it's never been like, hey, don't hurt that person. It's always, hey, don't feel that way. Or like, are you sure that's what happened? And it's a lot of questioning and doubting of my black experience in America. And I think that's been one of the hardest things for me to deal with um, has just been the silence when it comes to racial things that I go through on a daily basis. Um, and then it's, of course, watching all these black men literally be killed. And I think um, killed by white police officers and there's even been um police officers that are black or latino that have um overly excessive force on young black men so i'm like this is a police thing too as well as a racial thing so i'm just all types of feeling feeling different things and trying to just not be super angry because i have friends who are cops and friends who are in law enforcement and i'm just like oh like it's just it's just a lot and and I don't want to be afraid of going of going out in public and driving and 
that's not um what that's not what I want but that's my experience and I think it's just been um the silence on police brutality the silence on racial equality um inequality the silence on microaggressions the silence on um I don't see color just all the comments and the remarks we have to go through not just in the secular world but literally in church like at a rehearsal or at a function is still racial sideways comments from your white brothers and sisters in Christ and and there are times where I've been quiet and there are times where I've said things and then and then when you say things, you're the angry black man. And you're like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm a victim no matter what. Like, and I know that who I am in Christ. <laughs> I know who I am. Um, but it's like, I'm always either, it's, it's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, a lose-lose. Um, but I think today, as, I, I've, as I, I've been posting things on my social media, um, my white friends and my white, uh, just, you know, counterparts, they, they uh, they're like, you need to let this out. And I'm like, I don't need permission, but I appreciate them saying, just let it out. I'm not going to say anything back. I'm not going to da 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 da. And I'm just like, that's what's been going on for so many years. It's like, if we vent, if we open up, if we tell the truth, it's like, why are you so angry? And it's like, that's, that's why I am angry. I'm like, Jesus said, be angry, but sin not. You know what I mean? And so there's like, I can be angry. I just can't sin. And it's just, it's tough when, again, the silence and the excuses and the, and the belittling and, but here's the facts and all of this stuff. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's sad that racism has been politicized as well. I'm like so, some prejudice, like hatred, literally hatred has become a political thing. And so um, it's just tough. It's really tough to um, to just maneuver throughout these days of people just telling you what your experience should be. But I'm praying, I'm praying to God in heaven that there has been an awakening and a movement and a standing up of, I'm going to listen when it comes to white people. Like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to my black brothers and sisters and also my, my people of color. I'm going to listen to them. And so that's been the, um, the tough thing. And then when it comes to, see, I'm a, I'm a choreographer. I'm a dance teacher. I teach dance for my whole life. I've danced everywhere all over the world. And it's amazing to me how many dance studios and companies and Instagram people and all these people are all on TikTok and that are all on Instagram. I mean, braiding their hair and wearing the clothes and using the slang. I mean, honestly, the whole world, black culture and also hip hop culture literally is running the world right now, running the world. And I, there, there are so many dancers that are making a living off of black music and, and, and black things and, um, just so many things. They're just, they're, they're, they're benefiting off of so many amazing black things. And we're not saying you can't be a part of it. We're saying don't enjoy all of these incredible things that black people offer, but then are silent on our pain then are just silent on pain, literally. And I'm just like, I, 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 and I was telling my friend this, I said, I, I have gone to so many weddings this year and the past year where I literally have been the only black person at a wedding, literally the only black person at the wedding. I mean, multiple weddings, or there's been like four or five of us and we go to the reception and it's 
black singer after black singer after black, I mean, R&B and, and hip hop and everyone's hitting all these cultural things that are, that are, that are so fun because black people are dope. We're awesome. But then you, but then when something goes down in the nation, I go on people's Facebooks and Instagrams and they're like, nothing's being said, or this is too much, or this is too politicized, or it's not that bad. You guys have it good here. And you're like, but yet my pain is non-existent but all my entertainment and all the awesome things that black people contribute to society which we contribute to the society as black people and people of color it's just we contribute so much and i think that's the tough part too it's the silence but wanting all the benefits and and wanting to be tan and wanting to and people telling me your skin color is so beautiful and all this stuff and you're just like all like the, the earrings and the just the cool things that we bring to the table it's just man and it's just silent and so i think that's been frustrating me too because the police the police brutality to me just opened up a can of worms of things that's already been sitting in me um i hate it i hate it i hate being told as a black man be grateful don't complain that much. It's fine here for Americans. This is the greatest, most perfect nation on the planet. And I'm like, can we, can we just stop saying that for literally like a year? Let's just sit back down real quick and just like reassess some things and talk about it. And then maybe we can get back to that quote unquote status. But silencing people of color and saying, stop complaining, get over it. It's not that bad. Her being emotional has to stop. It just has to stop. And it's very frustrating. Um, to hear from white people but it's also frustrating to hear from your white christian friends that as well um i'm praying to god that because that video being leaked of george of george um of him of him being murdered by that officer i i hope that it opens a door and just shatters a door of like okay we're just going to be quiet as white christians or white people um because we just we've we've talked enough we've silenced enough we've, we've kept them quiet enough we've done all these things and i'm hoping that that conversation is just a bunch of listening ears and then we can move from there um but yeah it's it is it's real it's real out here i know i just covered a bunch of things i, just, I have a lot of emotions but i just i shouldn't be afraid to drive i shouldn't be afraid to to do things i shouldn't be afraid i shouldn't be afraid of having officers pin me down and kill me like this is not fair it really isn't and i don't know i don't know i don't know how many more videos i can take being passed around and being shared on on social media like i don't know how more i can take of that and it's just it's just a lot and just again I, even my own daily life i'm in the suburbs of atlanta georgia i am in a safe 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 predominantly white neighborhood and i still feel it sometimes just the weirdness um of just the stench of racism and so it sucks and prejudice so it, it sucks it sucks a lot um and I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that it 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 somehow gets better i know it's going to take time i know i know we're not genies but i'm just i'm hoping and i'm praying that it just it just gets better and people start listening and we stop just pretending like it's just a-okay because red, white, and blue, that's not gonna fix anything. Christ is, the flag's not gonna fix anything. 
not even certain laws and policies. I don't mean to sound super negative. I'm all about policies and laws and, and things being passed. I'm all about, I think that's so good to, to make sure, you know, your, your governor and your mayor and your, and your county, you know, like I understand all of that. It's so needed for us to vote and do things like that, but it's, without Christ and involved in any of this, it's just going to happen all over again. It's just going to be the same thing. We need Jesus. We need, we need to invite him to step into all of this. We have before, but now it's just becoming like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. It needs to be like, okay, we need to talk about this now in the church, in the world. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping and wishing and praying for that. Like as Gerard a black man and a black Christian and a Christian and a son of the father. I, I hope, I hope and pray. I hope and pray that we, that it gets better from here and that there are more conversations. And I'll say this as well. The conversations have been happening for the black community for hundreds of years. This conversation is for white people to have. If we are very honest, it's for white people to have with each other and just to talk and be like, okay, what do we, what do we do? Cause obviously our brothers and sisters are still hurting and are still dealing with a bunch of crap. What do we do? So yeah, that's my, that's my heart on that. Um, thank you, Miko, for letting me talk and share. I've been walking through my neighborhood right now, just trying to gather my emotions and just speak straight. But, um, Yeah. It's just conversations between white people. Honestly, this is going to be the balls in y'all's court. Um, and also to try not to use the riots as a argument. We are very aware that that is going on. We are very aware of black people that, that rioting is going on. There are black people that do not want to steal and loot. But you have to understand what's going on up there. There are people who do not know God and who do not have that compass who are ripping things apart and, and hurting that we, we get it. We know that's not everyone's mindset, but you have to know what's behind that pain. It's not excusable, but you have to know what's behind that. MLK spoke on it all the time about rioting and what leads up to rioting. And so look, look, look that up. Um, but yeah, don't use it as an argument piece. Let us talk, let us share, but don't use the looting and the rioting. Don't let that overshadow what's really, really going on. That is a cheap argument and that is not fair to what's going on. So please do not do that. Just think about it before you want to be right. Just listen and, and let your black brother and sister just share. Like I, I beg of you to do that. Um, so yeah, peace and blessings to anyone that, that is listening to this. And I hope it just makes you think about what's going on with your black brothers and sisters that aren't believers and that are believers. Cause it, it's, it's tough out here. Um, but yeah, thanks, Miko. Appreciate it.